you're listening to another edition of Sounds from the Street. I am your humble host, DJ Aisha, and uh, it's great to be back, guys. Uh, It's been a two-week hiatus for me, and went to check out uh, my friend Pete and his band uh, about two uh, last weekend, uh, <laughs> Labor Day weekend. Uh, as you might remember, two weeks ago, Space Committee was here, and yeah, it was just great to see some some local live music at uh, an oldie but a goodie, the Knockout. And uh, the week before that was uh, the Noise Pop uh, uh, 20th Street Block Party, and that was pretty good as well. So, um, And uh, funnily enough, tonight, one of the bands that was playing at the Block Party, they're going to be on first, it sounds like, around 9, 9.30 p.m. uh, at El Rio. So you might find me there uh, if you're a local aficionado. And yeah, it's just kind of fun jumping back into music here. And I was also at the Alice Bag show last weekend, and that was pretty rad. Um, saw a few bands there, Dark Gypsy, Linda XYZ, uh, who's also in a band called Dick and Jane that's apparently on hold. Uh, but I really wanted to see the Alley Cats and, of course, the lovely Alice Bag, who um, I had the pleasure of meeting and interviewing uh, this year and last Last year, and she's definitely one of those unsung heroes uh, for all of us, really. <laughs> Especially if you've been a fan of this show, uh, if you're a fan of, you know, uh, punk rock or alternative music. I mean, hats off to her. She's um, she's carrying the torch, and she definitely bring it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's like that movie, like Bring It On, but she definitely brought it. So I'm really glad that I had the chance to see her, uh, you know, do her thing and really talk about things that are really important, like, uh, you know, women uh, pretty much having their lives at risk at any moment in time the minute they step out their door and just acknowledging things that we're not really hearing in music right now, honestly. Like, you'd think with the son of a bitch president, we'd just be hearing... um, you know, maybe I'm just not tuned into it, but um, I feel like there should be more, you know, music to to reflect what's going on. So unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of bands have reformed or, you know, have been talking about this for decades since the Reagan era, since the Jimmy Carter era. And it's kind of this, some of the, the same stuff that we saw back then, but it's, it's just really bad right now. And um, I hope that you guys donate to... Uh, I donated to, I think it was the first time I had ever done this, but I donated money to the Red Cross uh, for the people in Paradise, California who lost everything. And I still get really emotional (laughs) because I don't know what is being done to help these people who've lost everything. And now we have this uh, disaster that just took place, Hurricane Dorian on the East Coast. And it seems like nobody's really, in the government at least, on our end, is reaching out besides the U.S. Coast Guard. So hats off to them. Uh, I want to know what our government is doing to help uh, people in the Bahamas, mostly. I know some people are affected in the the Carolinas, but um, the Bahamas was completely devastated. Um, a couple days ago and it's just really hard to to see that and to just have people who aren't really doing anything and I guess I'm just going to start calling people out but uh, the Democrats are going to be 
sorry, I've been watching a lot of the news. Uh, <laughs> the Democrats are going to be talking about an impeachment probe next week, but I recommend no matter where you live, if you happen to live in the United States, definitely use your your right to protest. And the way I'm going to do that, and I think I did this last year, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure I called uh, Nancy Pelosi's office because she happens to be my representative here in uh, uh, good old San Francisco, Bay Area. And I told her what I thought about impeaching Donald Trump. Keep in mind, this was last year. So now I'm definitely going to be calling more often, um, even though probably not being paid attention to um, we just really need to put the pressure on them to do what's right. And honestly, they should have done this two years ago. And I may not be voting for her. Honestly, um, I voted for uh, Cindy Sheehan uh, a couple of years back. And maybe we just need new people representing us. Um, if, sh if she's not going to do it, uh, maybe somebody else will. And uh, we just need to, you know... Set a set the right precedent. Set set an example, please. Um, that's how I I think people should live their lives. Setting an example. Do what's right for you, uh, but see how it's going to be affecting other people around you. Definitely tune into that. All right, I'm going to step off my soapbox now and read you some news. <laughs> it's been a crazy two weeks, as you can imagine. But uh, let's see from the enemy.com. Sleater Kinney, uh, they got back together and are going to be doing an extensive tour. I believe they're going to be here in November. Uh, but let's see what they have going on. Janet Weiss replacement joined the band at Hopscotch Festival in North Carolina this week. And stories by Will Richards from TheEnemy.com. Janet Weiss, longtime member of the trio, left the band after 24 years at the start of July, just a month before the band released new album, The Center Won't Hold. Uh, this week, the band played their first show since Weiss' departure at the Hopscotch Festival in Raleigh, Raleigh North Carolina unveiled Angie Boylan as their new drummer and assumed replacement for Weiss. Boylan has previously played drums with... Excuse me. <laughs> Likes of uh, freezing cold. I Nico and Little Lungs. Watch footage of Sleater Kinney debuting their lineup at Hopscotch below. And there has been no confirmation as to whether Boylan is the long-term replacement for Weiss or not. Sleater Kinney tour for the rest of the year and bring the center won't hold to the UK in early 2020. The band announced that Weiss was leaving the band after 24 years earlier this summer after intense deliberation and with heavy sadness. The band have discussed the departure of the drummer saying, we want Janet to be happy and healthy, said Corin Tucker. If someone's not happy doing that job, it wouldn't be good for any of us. Weiss, meanwhile, recently canceled all her upcoming tour dates with other band Quasi following a scary car accident. Wow. I uh, hope she's doing all right. The Center Won't Hold is out now via Mom and Pop. In a four-star review of the album, Enemies L. Hunt said, Craving connections in a world that can seem desperately lonely, the band's ninth record veers into chaos, reflecting the time in which it was made. Sounds good. So definitely get your tickets. I believe one night is already sold out at the Fox Theater, so definitely get your tickets for the other day, if you can. If you can afford it, I might add, because I know some of the shows at the Fox are reasonable, but uh, some of the other ones are a little bit pricey, but I've been lucky to see 
some show a lot of shows there for free some of them weren't uh i saw lily allen there last year yeah that was almost a year ago and that was pretty rad that was definitely worth it and um yeah, I've seen her twice there, actually. I've seen OMD. I've seen The Distillers. That was last year. New Order. Um, you name it. I've probably seen them there. Um, yeah, it's it's a great venue. It's actually one of my favorites here in the Bay Area. So I saw the cars there. <laughs> You'll have to get in touch with me on um, the Internet, and I can tell you more about that show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DJ Aisha, and you spell it out DJ, the old-fashioned way. And uh, we're also on Facebook, Sounds from the Street SF. And um, I'm also on Instagram, DJ Aisha. You could always uh, let me know. Um, I have a hot date tonight, so you might want to tweet me just to, you know, keep me keep me going. <laughs> Keep me hopeful, because uh, if anybody else uh, ha is still on the dating scene here, knows it can be, you know, pretty much hit or miss. Mostly miss, but <laughs> from time to time, it's always good to put yourself out there, right? All right, let's see. Uh, also in the news from the enemy.com, vinyl set to outsell CDs for the first time since 1986, which I might add is the year I was born pretty rad. It comes from a new report by the Recording Industry Association of America. This is also by Will Richards. Props to him. Vinyl is set to outsell CDs for the first time since 1986. A new report reveals the revelation comes in a mid-year report from the Recording Industry Association of America. Last year's RIA report revealed that CD sales are dying three times as fast as vinyl sales are growing, and it's more of the same in this year's. The new report states that vinyl records, records, excuse me, I'm speaking with a British accent, earned 224.1 million from 8.6 million units in the first half of 2019. This figure is impressively close to the CD numbers, 247.9 million. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So the Beatles are still selling records, obviously. 300,000 vinyl records in 2018 alone. With vinyl revenue growing by 12% in the second half of 2018 and first half of this year and CD rates barely changing at all, it could see vinyl revenue overtake that of CDs by the end of the year. If it does happen, it'll be the first time that vinyl has generated more revenue than CDs since 1986, which is around the time that CDs were introduced. I think it was the early 80s, though. Uh, the report also revealed that despite vinyl's growing popularity in relation to CD sales, it still accounts for a relatively small percentage of overall music purchasing. The RIA report says that in the first half of 2019, vinyl record sales accounted for only 4% of annual revenues. Paid subscriptions to streaming services. I happen to be one of those people. I don't know if you guys like Spotify. If you guys like albums, like listening to entire albums, I would definitely say Spotify is is your is your bitch. <laughs> um, Spotify might work for you, I guess that's the right word to say. Um, but it doesn't have everything. So I think it's definitely great that people are still buying music. That shows that people you know still want to support and maybe I should be a musician no, I'm just kidding um yeah and actually I'm trying to get the show on Spotify if anybody has any info about how to do that you can always email me Aisha Spearman 
at gmail.com. So anyways, uh, I'm going to have some interviews airing uh, throughout the next two hours. One of them is with the Dolly Rats, who have been to the Bay Area many times. Uh, They were just here a couple weeks ago for the 25th anniversary of Warp Tour. Um, Hopefully I'll catch them next time. I wasn't able to. I think I was going to something else. Um, anyways, uh, and also Mara Connor, uh, she was here a couple weeks back as well. Um, hopefully she'll come back through the Bay Area, but I did some interviews with them. And you want to stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio.
there. Hello. Mm-hmm. You're still there. <laughs> we did it. The hardest part of the interview is officially over. So. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. So you guys are going to be in uh, the Bay Area in Mountain View to be specific. You guys are going to be a part of the Warp Tour. Is that right? That is correct. We're pretty excited. We we played some of the shows last year, and, you know, we, we knew it was the last one in air quotes. Um, but we had heard that, you know, there may be some shows here and there. And right. so, so we're really excited to be part of the first one. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s, Warp Tour was like the tour to see. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And Lewis and I, we were kids in Florida, and, and bands yeah. still don't really go down to central Florida too often, you know, mm-hmm. because it's it's kind of a trek, you know, and then Miami yeah. is not a big rock and roll town. So right. it's kind of not worth it, to be honest. We don't we don't even tour in the southeast, and that's where we're from. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're starting to now. Um, but, yeah, we would go to, to Jacksonville to Warp Tour every year, you know, just to see all the bands that we loved. And nice. the first time that I ever got on stage was actually – it at Warp Tour in I think it was Jacksonville and it was Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Oh wow. Yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> like like uh yeah, I'll forever remember that moment. That's crazy. Well it's great. Like even the Warp Tour has kind of phased out. It's like I feel like it's kind of come back in various forms, like a lot of these retro, you know, eighties or nineties themed festivals that they're having now in California, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I feel like for a long time it was just it was either Warp Tour or Coachella, and that was it. So now, yeah, absolutely, a lot more variety, which I guess is is a good thing. But how are you? What do you think about like the music scene now? I guess. Um, I I do feel like it's it's a little bit fractured. I mean, all of us people that play rock and roll kind of have to stick together because I think you know there's a, a little bit less you know, guitar-based music, at least in the, you know, popular music of the time. You know, a lot of it is more like loop and beat-driven kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it, it is kind of retro. And a, and a lot of the younger bands that are playing are playing a style of rock and roll that is reminiscent of what, you know, we grew up listening to as a, you know, almost 20-year-old band. Um, and so I, I think it's really cool. I, I like a lot of the young bands that are, are kind of going to these kinds of events and, and doing their thing because it, it, I mean, it reminds me of when we started out. So it's, it's really pretty exciting. Oh, that's great. And, um, who else is going to be playing with you guys on July 20th at Shoreline Amphitheater? Uh, a lot of our friends are going to be there. Um, Go Bitty Go, Tsunami Bomb, Skating Polly. Um, there are a lot of big bands, but I can't remember which ones are on the East Coast states and the West Coast states. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got um, so yeah, yeah, there are a lot of awesome bands though. And we are playing. I think we're playing Sunday, um, mm-hmm, and it's a mm-hmm. two-day festival. So I'm I'm not sure if we're going to be able to go on Saturday as well. But yeah, but yeah <laughs> I mean, if if I wasn't playing, I'd still be tempted to go. Yes, absolutely. There's always. There's always somebody good. And um, do you guys play, come to California? It sounds like you guys live here part of the time. Do you guys play shows here when you're yeah. playing? Or? Yeah, we always try and go up to the Bay Area. I mean, at least at least once a year, usually. 
Um, we, we play bottom of the hill. I think most of the time is where we end up these days. Um, we've played Parkside. You know, we've played in Oakland too. Um, we've got a lot of friends up there. Lewis and I went to college in Sarasota, Florida, a place called New College. Uh-huh. And a ridiculous number of our friends ended up going to the Bay Area. So it's always it's always nice to, to go there. And our first record, we self-released it, and then it got picked up by Lookout Records, which, of course, is a Bay Area label. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, we we still know some people that from back in, in those days, and it's nice to catch up. Yes, and believe it or not, uh, Gilman Street is still going strong. I finally had the chance to go there. I think it was two years ago or two yeah. and a half years ago. It was kind of an epic journey for me to get there, but um, I made it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've yeah. been there once, but I haven't seen a show there or played there yet. Somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's kind of it was kind of an interesting experience because I live in San Francisco. But then getting to where where it's located in Berkeley, it's kind of more of a remote area, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And that's from a, a city person who doesn't, you know, get outside San Francisco as much as she'd like to. But yeah. um, it's definitely worth the journey for sure. And it was actually for, funnily enough, it was for the 30 year, 30th anniversary of Lookout Records. So it was. I wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh my God, it's my childhood. I gotta make it out there. So I you know, yeah. made the journey. But um yeah, it's um it's a great venue and I just think, you know, there's still like bits and pieces of you know, the, the DIY feel of lookout, especially at our radio station and the mission. I mean community radio, it's like we're trying to keep the grassroots movement alive, whether it's through music or whether it's comedy or politics, unfortunately. So yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just I think depends. it's important, you know, because I, I feel like there are different layers of of culture, and I think it's important to to have places for, you know, I mean, bands like ours and musicians like ours and, you know, visual artists and you know comedians like you said and sketch yeah. comedy and and all of all of those things that are just kind of in the middle you know not mm-hmm. like everyone's not on the radio and on tv right you know, it's, it's a very small group of artists that that are that and, and there's so much amazing art that's created you know it needs to to have a community and so we really appreciate you know any sort of you know diy experience on tour i mean we'll play diy venues you know every day if it makes sense yeah <laughs> i feel like we need more of i mean we have a, a gallery slash performance space if you guys ever make it to san francisco i'd love to you know be able to do that more often interesting yeah recently it's been in terms of being able to make money um comedy has kind of been the underground comedy scene and San Francisco, the Bay Area, has been a way to make money. But um, you know, it's interesting you say that because uh, we're in Tampa a lot of the time now, and all of a sudden, I, there's like a, there's a mom I know from the playground who's now doing stand-up <laughs> comedy. Oh you know, wow. it's, it's really, but but then I was like, oh, you know, I do keep seeing posts and comedians coming through, and yeah. like you know, I'm getting advertised. You know, through Facebook, where I'm trying to post our own stuff. I'm like, yeah. oh, so much comedy is happening. Yeah, and, you know, that's pretty cool too. Because I mean, it is an expression, and 
you know, mm-hmm. you could get as political or not as you want, but I think I think comedy is a good thing too. Yes, oh, we need to we need to keep our sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <At> cost. <laughs> yeah, kind of scary out there these days. But yeah. um, do you, have you guys released uh, new material recently, or is there anything in the works there? Well, we put out an EP. Um, I guess late last year, mm-hmm. um, a three-song EP, and originally it was for we have a, a Patreon project that's ongoing um, for our our core fans, and so we released it to them, and then we released it to the public, and we're currently we just finished recording a record. We recorded it in January up in Minnesota with our producer John Field. Mm-hmm. Um, he has been recording us since our very first record seven wow. records ago. Nice. Um, yeah, and that's the one that was on lookout. Um, he's been with us through the whole journey. So he moved to Minnesota, and we actually got to record this record in the middle of a snowstorm at Pachyderm <laughs> Studios, which is right outside of Minneapolis, where in utero and Babes in Toyland, PJ Harvey, and a bunch of like really yeah. awesome '90s albums, Soul Asylum, like just just a really cool vibey like house and studio. Um, so that's where we, we recorded the, the current record that just got mixed and mastered, and we're releasing that in July. Um, July 12th mm-hmm. is the street date. Yeah. But anyone who pre-ordered it through us will get it mm-hmm. early. So we still have our pre-order store up. Um, and we signed with Wicked Cool Records. <laughs> and so they'll be doing you know a pre-order in the coming week or so. What would you say it's like, what is it like working with labels now versus when you first started out? Is it easier or is it more complicated? I think just because we've done a lot of different things at this point and, you know, we've we've been on labels, we were on Lookout and then we were on Joan Jett's label Blackheart for the next couple records. Um, and then all of our friends started crowdsourcing and, mm-hmm. you know, Amanda Palmer was on Kickstarter and we were like, well, maybe, maybe we could try it. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we parted ways with Blackheart and they understood. Mm-hmm. We were like, listen, if we can do this on our own and, you know, yeah. retain rights to our songs and, mm-hmm. you know, it, we may be able to continue making a living at this crazy thing. And so they, right. you know, we parted ways amicably and, and we kind of haven't looked back. It's it's been a really great experience. I think because we we've toured so long, and you know, even to this day on tour, after the show, we go out and we meet everybody. We sign anything anybody wants us to sign. We take pictures. Um, it's you know, we we really do like to interact with our fans. We do it every day online, personally, and you mm-hmm. know, we do it on tour. And so I think the result of that is a a great core fan base that supports us and they kind of, they like doing albums this way because, you know, they get on board before we've even written the songs and then, you know, we update them throughout the process and they see how it comes together. And it's so much more satisfying than being like, here we are on tour. We will see you in six months with a new record. Right. You know, mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's kind of boring. Instead, the the record is like the end product for fans now. You know, they yeah. they've heard bits of all the songs and, you know, they they know kind of what it's about, and they've seen yeah. the experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, the album is going to be the, the last part instead of the first part. So it's kind of backwards, sure. but amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's completely, you know, it's completely changed over, you know, the decades since 
the whole concept of a record is kind yeah. of not the same anymore. Yeah. But um, it does get exciting when you do see somebody that you never thought you would see perform, and then you do get to see him. So that part is kind of exciting for me still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But, um, yeah. And uh, how where would you say your your you know listenership is based mostly in California or is it in another country? Um, it honestly is is pretty well spread out in the you know the top tier United States markets. Um, we neglect, like I joked about, we neglect the southeast a bit, <sighs> and the Pacific Northwest. We don't get out there as much as we'd like to. Just oh, yeah. it's. You know, part of it is just, you know, the markets that are good for us. Every year for the oh. past, I think, six years, we do a, tar- a tour in March where we, we go from Chicago, do the Midwest, down through Texas, mm-hmm. um, across through Arizona, and then California. And and then at the end of every summer, we we start in the southeast, go up to Boston, and then down again. And so, you know, those are the markets that we've really cultivated in the States. And I think our fan base that lives there now knows the schedule and, you know, kind of knows the deal. We do the same thing every year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that helps because people, you know, have those expectations and we try to hit the same, same cities and it sucks for people outside of those markets, but yeah. you know, our, our overhead is pretty expensive now because we, Lewis and I are, we're married and we have a five year old and a two year old Mm-hmm. And we we take them on tour. So we tour oh, in an RV with a nanny, with a crew, with a drummer, with hotel rooms. Like <laughs> it's it's quite a production. So yeah, you know. In the old days, we could spend like eight weeks in a van eating peanut butter and jelly and Taco Bell as a treat, sleeping on floors, and we were fine. But right. you know, we we just can't do that anymore. So we have to be oh, a little bit more calculated. Yes, absolutely. Although but, I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> I really do sometimes. I'm like, man, let's just hop in the van. It'll be great. Um, but we actually did that last December. Um, yeah. H- HR from Bad Brains was doing dates, and we were asked uh-huh. to do them. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, it's a little bit of a strange pairing because he's doing um, human rights stuff. So it was a lot of, it was uh-huh. reggae. And I was like, you know, I think we should do it. We should totally do it. It was just around Florida. And so we hopped in a van. We mm-hmm. brought one friend. And it was incredible. The crowds nice. made sense. You know, it was a lot of people who appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. 70s, 80s punk rock. So it, right. it wasn't really mm-hmm. a stretch because that's the kind of, of music that we like and we yeah. try to play. So it, it was really cool. Um but yeah, I, we also we have a pretty decent fan base over in the UK and Europe as well. But uh-huh. it costs us even more to get over oh, there. So, yeah. you know, usually we do support gigs over there with our friends. Gotcha. Yeah, there's uh, music over there for sure. Have you guys ever played um, Riot Fest based in um, Chicago? Yeah, we haven't yet, and I would really love to because I'd love to see all the bands. I know. <laughs> so we got to work on that one. Yeah, that one's pretty, that one's kind of in the same vein as as Warp Tour, but not really. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of it. But yeah. I went a couple years ago, and I saw Bad Brains, and I saw you know Mike D from the Beastie Boys, Queens of the Stone Age. So it was it was a really good lineup. I mean, bands that I'd seen before, like Nine Inch Nails and 
close to DC. Oh, New Order, you know, people that I knew yeah. before, but it was kind of incredible to see them like all, you know, across three days in the same park. I was like, this, yeah. this is too good to miss. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So that was a good experience. But um, anyways, well, um, where can people find out more about you guys online? If you head to thedollyrots.com, you know, we've got a, a landing page there with the tour dates. We're going on tour at the end of summer. Um, it'll have details for how to get the new record coming out in July. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're on all the social media stuff. We're at the Dolly Rots everywhere. And, if you know, if you want to communicate with us, it's, it's me or Lewis all the time. So, you know, we love talking to people. Very good. Well, it was a pleasure to meet you and uh, speak to you today. You too. Thank you for having me. And um, I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon. Yep. It, yeah. But we can't do July because there's a radius clause, of course, because of work. So oh. We're going to try and get back before oh, the end right. of the year. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, oh, you guys maybe going to do something closer to the Bay Area, yeah. but maybe next time around. Yeah, we, we haven't hit Sacramento this year yet either, and Mm-hmm. We owe them. We owe them a show, so we'll have to do a San Diego, LA, Bay Area, Sacramento thing. Woohoo! Lucky us. Yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> see you soon. All right. We'll have a good one. You too. Thanks a lot. Okay. Have a good one. Bye bye. And that was my lovely interview with Dolly Rats, and they were uh, in Mountain View, which isn't that close, but that's considered Northern California. <laughs> yeah, whew, it's a drive. Uh, but next time, uh, hopefully, Dolly Rats will be in the Bay Area proper. So you want to find them on Facebook, any of the social media pages. Um, uh, like she was saying, they have an ongoing. Uh, Patreon, it sounds like it sounds like it's kind of like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe type situation. So definitely check that out as well. Um, I actually have uh, an Etsy post if you guys want to check it out. Um, I went ahead and designed a few T-shirts one day when I was bored. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to find Sounds from the Street. Uh, t-shirt <laughs> you can search for that on etsy also there's some links on uh, the facebook event pages and uh sounds from at sounds from the street sf on facebook uh you can find the the links there definitely you know 25 dollars isn't too much to donate i think um you can let me know if it is uh but there's also opportunities to design you know different things that you guys might want keychains stickers uh, bumper stickers, I don't know, whatever you guys want. So definitely, uh, contact me through the social medias or go to the Etsy store and just Google sounds from the street and you'll find some really cool, uh, different styles of t-shirts on there. So yeah, (laughs) it's been kind of cool. Um, Scotto, who has the show, uh, flat black plastic from 12 to two, he stopped by, Um, It's been relatively quiet here at the station uh, this particular Saturday, so I'm really enjoying that. (laughs) When Crystal and I used to do the show, we would just 
ha, it was like our aha moment when we didn't have to deal with people before us or after us. There might be a rental or something happening at eight o'clock. Don't quote me on that. Um, it sounds like Pam is trying to put something together from four to six on Saturdays. So you can uh, reach her through the social media pages, uh, through the Mutiny, Mutiny Radio San Francisco Facebook page. You can reach her through there if you're interested in hosting your own radio show or rental or uh, they also have uh, sign-ups for comedy on Friday nights from 8 to 10. So if that's more your forte, if music is just not that interesting, uh, maybe you shouldn't be listening to the show. <laughs> maybe you should tune out <laughs> instead of tuning in. But um, I have another interview that's going to be coming up in a little bit with Mara Connor. She teamed up with So Far Sounds. I don't know if you guys heard about that, uh, but she played a show a couple of weeks back really nice gal. Uh, we both grew up in, uh, Santa Monica of all places. So that was kind of cool to talk about that, to reminisce about that. And yeah, also if you've been watching the news, you definitely want to donate to the victims of Hurricane Dorian. Uh, the Red Cross is a good place to start. Um, I donated with, through the Red Cross for the victims of the campfire. Uh, you might know it as uh, the people who lived in a city called Paradise, California. So I'm probably going to be doing that for Hurricane Dorian and um, you know any other places that might be uh, affected by climate change are probably going to be hearing about it a lot in the news and it's just something that I wish I didn't have to see I just remember watching uh, a movie called Fern Gully which was just a movie um, but I kind of tap into that I kind of tap into the the fear that was instilled in me back then as a child that's <laughs> um, kind of my inspiration for, for some of those things but um, I do what I can in, in my everyday life but now I realize well it's just me you know in the world and there might be other people doing it but I think the best thing that we can do is really put our money where our mouth is and that's really getting out there and uh, you know, going to town halls, uh, getting involved with campaigns so for instance I early on a couple months ago, you might have heard me go on and on and on about Elizabeth Warren. Well, uh, that was kind of before um, she became uh, more well-known, and now she's in the running. She's in the top three candidates for the Democratic uh, you know, slot, so hats off to her. She's actually beating Bernie in some of the polls, so that's pretty incredible. And uh, there was just a debate on CNN last week, the climate debate, and she totally killed it, literally. I uh, wish she could kill climate change. But um, I mean, in terms of her being able to convey her ideas, uh, the plans that she has to tackle some of these hard hitting, um, you know, these really hard things that for whatever reason during my lifetime, uh, candidates have not owned and tried to solve. But I feel like she speaks to me directly saying, hey, Aisha, uh, um, I hope you like me because I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. And as a as a voter, um, as a potential voter for any of the candidates, I'm choosing her because I feel like uh, she's really going to follow through on that. Uh, pray to God that she does. Um, 
so yeah, there might be some other candidates that speak to you more directly. I have friends that really like Andrew Yang. I think he has some great ideas. I think um, any of the, all of those presidential candidates who happen to be Democrats, they have a lot of great ideas. So I hope whoever does become the candidate kind of hones in on a lot of those ideas in their, um, you know, administration, uh, when they beat Trump. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty hopeful that it's going to be Elizabeth. So if you want to find out more, elizabethwarren.com, she has a, a lot of her proposals on her website, on her social media pages. Anytime she really releases a new plan, it's available at medium.com. And it's just been really exciting to, you know, see what she's going to do next. You know, it's like I kind of look forward to what she has to bring to the table, which I've never really experienced with any other candidate, if that makes sense. And I kind of, it's kind of the way I feel about music or bands that I'm fans of. It's like you kind of look forward to what the next step is. And of course, sometimes there isn't a next you know, step. So, uh, you know, keep your fingers crossed for her, uh, make sure you're registered to vote, uh, be, be ready, uh, watch, uh, the debates, the real, you know, official third debate is going to be on Thursday in Houston, but you can watch it on, uh, ABC, uh, Univision. I forgot what the other one is. <laughs> uh, ABC and Univision. So all the networks are kind of chipping in for that. Oh, it would be so cool to see some of the debates in person. Um, I keep donating so that uh, I might have a chance to go. Um, I think the next one after Houston is going to be in Ohio. So um, it's just something to kind of give me some hope. You know, sometimes, you know, they say hope is overrated, but sometimes that's that's what you need to keep you going. And she definitely ins uh, is inspiring. Uh, I know she's inspiring a lot of people across the country. So we'll see how that goes. And anyways, I'm going to be, if you're wondering what I'm doing this weekend, I'm going to be at El Rio later tonight. I have a, I have a date, <laughs> um, but I'm also there to see and support shutups who are, who were here a couple weeks ago and they were playing and participating as part of the 20th street block party. Uh, in conjunction with Noise Pop and Mutiny Radio. So it was great to have them. And uh, definitely go check them out at El Rio. They go on, I think, around 9, 9.30 p.m. So in a couple hours. And stay tuned for my interview with Mara Connor coming right up. Mara, are you still with me? I am. Awesome. Things are going well, and it's only Wednesday. Well, we're halfway through the week. <laughs> halfway over the hump. Yep, yep. So tell me a little bit about your project that you've been working on, and, uh, yeah, if you could just fill us in on what you've been up to recently. Sure, yeah. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, and I've been recording um, my first, first batch of songs in East Nashville at the studio called The Bomb Shelter with an amazing producer named Andrea Tokic, um, along with a couple other people. Um, and it's kind of like 60s and 70s inspired, um, I, I guess I'd call it folk rock for lack of a better <laughs> label. 
And um, I just released my first two singles. The first one um, is called No Fun, and there's a 70s-inspired music video that goes along with it <laughs> that's out in the world. And then um, I, I just released the second single, which is a duet with Langhorn Slim. And um, that one we also recorded in Nashville, um, and it, it's out in the world as well. Very nice. And um, are you uh, currently planning on releasing an album at some point in the future? Yeah, I have a bunch of songs recorded. Um, I think the next thing is going to be a, another single and video, and then I'll probably go from there. But um, I'm, I'm thinking it might be an EP after that. Um, and then there's a lot of more more stuff to be to be released and more even to be recorded. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more, the merrier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it looks like you're going to be coming through San Francisco on July 31st. And the venue is TBD at the moment because you're going to be co-presenting with uh, So Far Sounds, which I've been hearing more about. How did that uh, come into fruition? Yeah, so I'm. Um, it's a part of a bigger tour. I'm. I'm going on this West Coast tour with the band Dead Horses, who are a great folk band from the Midwest. If you haven't heard their music, you should check it out. And um, we're starting in Seattle and then going all the way down to San Diego. But um, we we didn't have a San Francisco show booked, and so far Sounds just reached out to me. We're like, oh, we saw you're passing through. Do you want to play a show with us? And I was like, yeah, that'd be great. I love San Francisco, so it's a good excuse to come on up and um they're yeah they do these pop-up shows all over the world and i've actually never i've never participated in a so far event before but um it kind of worked out on the tour so it'd be fun yes it's always important to make a stop in san francisco i i'm sure you know this but some of the the bigger acts like people who tour and they skip the bay area and it's like what <laughs> yeah, like how could you? How big could city. you do that? It's a big or music be... city with with so much music history. Yeah, so it's kind of like eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they deserve it, but um, you're going to be coming through, and we're excited to have you. Uh, Thank you. I'm excited to come. Where can people find out more about you online? What is the best? social media site or website? Um, I'm on kind of all the social media places. Uh, Instagram.com slash Mara Connor. Uh, I, I use Instagram the most. Uh, I have a website, mm-hmm. Mara Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R.com. And um, Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, Bandcamp. I'm, my music's on Spotify and Apple Music, kind of all the places, YouTube, <laughs> wherever you want to go. I'm there. Exactly. That's good. That's the the best way to get caught in the uh, the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the in the black hole that is the interweb. I know, right? And where do you see yourself going in the next few years with your project? Um, I have a lot of a lot of ideas. Um, a lot that I want to accomplish, but I think um, in the immediate future, I'd like to release this first batch of songs that I've recorded and then mm-hmm. and then get to recording the new stuff. I have some, some more duets um, that I'm really excited about, one with Joseph Arthur and um, another one with Sam Outlaw that I just recorded, who's a great 
country singer out of Nashville, and um, there, there's a whole bunch of those. So um, I think I just love being in the studio and, um, and recording. And then, um, you know, starting to tour more. This West Coast tour should be really fun. And um, I just signed with a booking agent, so I'm going to start hopefully playing more around around the states and eventually i'd love to make it over to europe and you know get to get to share it with as many people as possible and um yeah very cool and uh what inspired you to become a musician good question (laughs) um I guess music was always a really big part of my life. Like my first memory is from the crib listening to a song that came on um, this big old boom box. Um, (laughs) And my mom, I just remember like a very, very specific image of my mom's finger pressing play on this old big gray boom box in the corner of the room as a baby. And it was um, James Taylor's Sweet Baby James. Because my parents oh. would play a lot of that, you know, singing yeah. kind of singer-songwriter music as a little baby, and um, and I just remember being like, "What is this?" Like it must have been my first time listening to music, and um, right. and then after that, I I grew up on a lot of records of the '60s and '70s that my parents introduced me to, and growing up in mm-hmm. LA, kind of got inspired by that yeah. old Laurel Canyon sound and stuff. And then mm-hmm. like my dad was really into the Beatles and the Beach Boys and later I found the Zombies and the Kinks and like a lot of the more British Invasion kind of jangly um, bands and and then I I think Joni Mitchell was the first songwriter that really kind of hit home for me her album Blue was really important to me as a kid and a, a teenager and I'm seeing with Leonard Cohen um, my parents just had a big collection of like it was mostly actually like best ofs of all of these songwriters, um, like Joni Mitchell, Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan, Simon Garfunkel, and um, I, I think as a, a middle schooler for Christmas I got this box set of every album of the Beatles ever recorded, and I just oh, like wow. sunk my teeth into that and was completely obsessed <laughs> and, and learned all of their songs. And then I went through like a Nirvana phase. I was like, yeah. you know, probably 11 or something, you know, discovering them after the fact, but, um, mm-hmm. I got really into, uh, Nevermind and stuff. And, um, I got my first cherry red Fender guitar when I was 11. And, um, this boy from middle school would come over to my childhood bedroom and we would just like play Nirvana songs together <laughs> and How romantic um, yeah it, it, it did not it did not really pan out romantically but it was really fun and um <laughs> and then I yeah I joined my first band the summer after high school I was dating this guy and um he needed a backup singer and so I just kind of started started playing in the band that way and then quickly realized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to be a backup singer and wanted to be the front woman and um, songwriter and, and really started obsessively writing songs. I was already writing songs since I was like three years old, you know, like in the bathtub or, you know, like just in the shower <laughs> as a teenager, like just, I, I was always yeah. singing and writing and making mix CDs for my friends and um, really conscious of music and like, film and TV like I'd always 
I was really into like soundtracks and stuff. So it was always, there was always like a soundtrack to my life of any period. I can go back and be like, Oh, I was listening to that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. I really had a deep emotional connection to music, but it wasn't until the end of high school that I realized I wanted to pursue it or could pursue it as a career. <laughs> and here you are living your dream. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to anyway. I mean, it is really fun to be able to. to be, I just can't believe that music is a job. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. so yeah. It's a real real joy. And what can people expect from uh, your live performance if they haven't seen you before? Um, are you bringing any special guests with you? Um, in San Francisco, it'll just be me um, solo, mm-hmm. but I do have a band that's in L.A., and so depending on where you're catching us, um, sometimes it's it's just me and my guitar, and sometimes it's a full band, and we do have a lot of special guests. Because I've written a bunch of duets, we'll have, like, different friends get up on, on various songs, which I always love to do because I think it's it's fun and it, it changes up the set a little bit and keeps things interesting. So, yeah, in San Francisco, I think it'll be a nice stripped-down kind of intimate thing. And um, I've written a bunch of new songs that are more they, – they're, they're pretty intimate, kind of, like, vulnerable <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. songwriter songs. So I think I might try, try some new ones out on people. Nice. Kind of testing it out. Exactly. Testing the waters. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. It was a pleasure to meet you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to meeting you in person, hopefully Hopefully when I come to San Francisco. Right, on July 31st. It sounds like you might even be playing in my neighborhood, which is kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's in Lower, Lower Knob Hill. Yep, yep. There's a few, um, you know, there's a few new venues. Uh, you probably read that some are closing down, but then there's new ones uh, popping up here and there in the Bay Area. So uh, lots of uh, music fans here, for sure. Oh, yeah, and a city with a lot of history, so. Yes, yes. Musically yeah. and otherwise. <laughs> Absolutely. Got to keep it going. For sure. <laughs> Well, um, I hope to be speaking with you soon. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so much for having me. Uh-huh. All right. Well, you have a good one. Well, that was my interview with Mara Connor back in, wow, that was July. Um, it just happened, people. Slow your roll. <laughs> yeah, time's going by pretty quickly now. But anyways, it's uh, 7 p.m. on the West Coast, and I was... It was a kind of a mild day here. I was at uh, Salesforce Park. I um, I don't know if you've been following me at DJ Aisha on uh, Instagram, but I happened to be taking classes at Salesforce Park, meaning fitness-related classes. So you might find me Saturdays uh, Urban Kick, which is like cardio, kickboxing, and sports conditioning. Uh, Sundays they have yoga, so I've been trying to get into the, back into that. Uh, Tuesday is HIT Boot Camp, so if you've ever done high-intensity interval training in combination with boot camp, 
pretty much you don't stop for a solid hour, or at least uh, Alex's class that he teaches, like, woo, I am in shape. <laughs> if you want to get in shape quickly, that's a good way to do it, taking that class. That's Tuesday uh, afternoons, late afternoon. And then Thursday, oh God, I haven't been able to do it. There's a few different classes on Thursdays. There's a core and stretch class. There's like an express boot camp in 30 minutes, which I guess could be good. But in the middle of the day, you might go back to your desk or the rest of your day, you might need to recover. So I haven't had the balls enough to do that. But Thursday afternoons, they have yoga again. So I've been trying to make an effort to go to that class. Haven't been able to do it. And there's only a few weeks left, but I have been going on Sundays. It's easier to to go to classes. I'm noticing when I'm not at work. (laughs) Um, Give me a break here. (laughs) I've only been going to actual classes for about a year. Um, actually not a year, only a few weeks because the park was closed. I started going to urban kick last year and then sure enough, the park closed because of the fissures, quote unquote, and the beams holding up the park. So they reopened back in July, about two months ago. So I've been, yeah, I've been going pretty regularly since then. Admit that I haven't been sticking to my running regime. Believe it or not, I used to do it six or seven days a week. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I was in such great shape. Um, now I've, mm, I've been, if I'm doing it twice a week, I'm lucky, but I should be doing it three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. So I'm trying to get, get back into that again. Um, I have been sticking to intermittent fasting, which means I only eat for about eight hours a day, give or take. And then the rest of the day, I'm just drinking water or tea. Um, sometimes juice and, uh, maybe an alcoholic beverage. I have been cheating a little bit there. Um, but I try to limit that to, you know, one or two drinks and yeah, I mean, I've been pretty successful with that. I haven't reached my goal yet, which makes me think, oh, I need to increase my activity level somehow. So I'm pretty good about, you know, I've actually been, even when I'm not exercising, if I'm running errands, I'm like walking in my neighborhood in San Francisco or uh, hauling ass somewhere across the city or outside of the city, or I'm kind of literally pacing in my apartment. (laughs) Is that a good way to get your steps in? But, um, you know, it's just, it's ongoing, but I've been doing some other things as well. I don't know if you guys meditate. Um, I went to a, a meditation class actually, because I was like, well, how am I going to even do this? And I thought, you know, I could do an app or find something online, but I thought, oh, if I'm in a room with people doing it, that's going to give me some inspiration. And it did. I went to two classes and then I've been doing it on my own. Like I didn't do it for a while, for a couple months. And then I started doing it again. And I feel like it really does help. I feel like you have to do it every day though, especially in the beginning. I think you have to force yourself to do it every day, ideally in the mornings when you wake up. But sometimes I forget, I don't know about you guys. I go straight to my phone. Um, got to use the restroom, got to, you know, pack something before I go to work. And then I'm like, God damn it. I've already started the day. (laughs) Um, especially when you live on your own, it's like, there's a lot of shit that's got to get done. 
guess who's going to be doing all that shit? Me. <laughs> um, so yeah, meditation is good. Um, trying to, oh, I've been seeing a chiropractor, um, since last year for TMJ, but lately, um, I have, I do not stretch my upper body. I admit it. I made the mistake of thinking, oh, I don't do a lot of upper body work, so I'm just not going to do it. Totally backfired on me sitting at a desk at most of my jobs for the past, you know, 10 years. Definitely built up a lot of tension. So that started flaring up for me um, back in July when I started doing upper body work. <laughs> so that combination definitely you know, set off some alarms for me. Uh, long story short, a lot of chiropractic visits uh, that aren't covered by insurance, mind you. So there's a lot of upfront costs there. Uh, Medicare for all, by the way. Uh, hope that it once they do get that going, they include like alternative forms of uh, therapy, like uh, chiropractic is included. Um, you might have a few visits included. Um, but if you decide that you need to go more often, that's not, um, and certain treatments aren't going to be included. So I would argue or ask, you know, my candidate, Elizabeth Warren or any of them, how would you, um, or would you promise to include, you know, unlimited or, you know, a hundred chiropractic visits instead of 20, uh, massage therapy, would you include, you know, say people need to get two massages a month, two times 12 is 24. So I would just be an advocate for alternative medicine because not all of us want to get surgery or Botox shots or a pill for everything because we actually want to do the hard work and uh, solve those, you know, interpersonal body issues that you know, all of us come across at different points in their lives. I just happened to come across it the past two years. So I'm almost kind of happy that the year is over, to be honest, because it's kind of been a whirlwind of health stuff for me. As you might already know, if you know me, I lost 100 pounds back in over the course of 2014 to 2015 was able to, you know, manage that, keep keep the weight off more or less till the beginning of this year, and then just, you know, back-to-back -back colds, uh, UTI, um, uh, what do you call it, a, jaw, a TMJ flare-up, uh, because I got motion sickness, and then, you know, this latest thing I had with my, my neck, my shoulder, and then my shoulder blade, but now that is pretty much fading away. And I feel like I'm finally getting a break in September. It's only nine months into the year. Thank you. <laughs> uh, just, just filling in, filling you in on what's, what's been going on behind the scenes. So if I wasn't here for a show now, you pretty much know why, <laughs> but, um, just know that that's being properly managed. And again, if you're on a diet or, you know, nutrition, fitness, wellness regimen, I hope you find things that work for you. Um, you know, anything that you can do to, uh, get healthy and then stay that way. Um, I realize that getting there is one thing, but staying that way, that's, that's where the real work starts to, excuse me, the real work starts to set in. 
but anyways, um, I just want to let you know uh, there are some bands that are going to be playing at El Rio tonight. You might have heard me talk about it earlier. I just want to reiterate because um, a lot of them are local or uh, pretty much West Coast. Let's see. Shut Ups are from Oakland. Fell to Low is from Ojai. Nice. Uh, Super Crush is from Seattle. And then Spiritual Cramp. Doesn't say where they're from, but that's definitely worth spending $10 to see. I actually have $10 in my wallet. That's pretty amazing. That might just work. <laughs> but um, gosh, it's so funny because I saw that they were playing there. Um, I do, as you guys know, I normally do, you know, two to three shows a month here at Mutiny Radio, Sounds from the Street, what up? And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go meet up with this person uh, that I haven't actually met before. So I guess it's kind of a blind date. So I was nervous about it, but now that you guys know, I'm not not so anxious about it. I'm kind of just like, whatever. I interviewed Shut Ups. They're really cool. Um, excited to, you know, uh, see, see how it goes with them. Did see them at 20th Street Block Party, but it'd be cool to see them in an actual venue like El Rio. Uh, it's been around for a long time, and I guess the point, what I'm trying to say is I haven't been to El Rio in a long time. <laughs> like, I'm pretty much thinking it was either the beginning of mutiny or when we were still pirate cat, which kind of makes me think, wow, this was really meant to happen. I was meant to, you know, do more, you know, local stuff here in the area, which doesn't always happen. Like, as you guys know, I'm like going to Oakland like a couple times a month or traveling to SoCal because there's some festivals going on down there. But, um, yeah, tonight El Rio it is. Uh, tomorrow, in case you guys are curious, Deep Purple is playing at the Warfield. That was something I I was thinking about. Not so sure now, but and then Wednesday, the original Misfits decided to get back together. Woohoo! And they're going to be at Oracle Arena. Some of the tickets were cheaper on a site called GoldStar.com. If you guys are still thinking about going to that. And um, I actually might be hint hint at the UC Theater, uh, which is based in uh, Berkeley, California. And little Steven is going to be playing there. And little Birdie told me that that show might be selling out soon. So you'll definitely want to get your tickets for that. And then lo and behold, uh, Nina Cherry. I never thought that she would come here again. I don't know if she's played this show here. It might have been years ago. Um, but anyway, she's going to be literally down the street from me on Friday night at the August hall. So I'm thinking, I'm just going to cough up the money and go. It is Friday night after all. And it's Friday the 13th and she's my girl. Uh, she was influenced by a lot of the music that I was influenced by. Uh, she was, you know, she sang with Ariette from the slits. Uh, she learned a lot from them. Turns out she also knew, uh, polystyrene. I mean, she was a teenager back then, just kind of soaking that shit up. Uh, and then she ended up in New York city of all places. And, um, uh, you might know that one song, Buffalo Stance. I've kind of been listening to that because I found this really great playlist. And I'm not even a real DJ. Okay, sometimes I am. But one day when people who, who are really cool, they're a little bit older than me, and they actually are DJs in real clubs, hats off to them. When they're not here anymore, I have an idea of learning 
you know, learning how to scratch properly and do like 12 inches. Like that's what DJs used to do back in the day. There was the radio edit. There was the album edit. And then there was the 12 inch for the clubs to pretty much have free reign about, you know, what was on MTV or what was playing on the radio. So, uh, Buffalo Stance is one of the most popular 12 inches of all time. So I've been listening to the point I'm trying to make is I've been listening to a 12 inch playlist on Spotify that includes her, you know, men without hats, Depeche mode, new order, you name it, all the classics. So my goal in life a few years from now is I'm going to be scratching up shit in a club. (laughs) I mean, I'm only 33. I still have time to, to figure it out. So anyways, if you haven't bought your ticket yet, uh, do so go check out Nana Cherry at August hall. It's a relatively new venue. I think they opened it last year. I absolutely love it. I know I said that about a lot of venues, but I love August hall. I just love that. It's literally a hop, skip, and a jump from my house. And there's been some, it's mostly, I want to say it's mostly underground or indie type people that play there, but I did see, uh, La Boucherette's open up for hot snakes. That was pretty cool. I saw Johnny Marr last year. I saw, uh, Rivers Cuomo. He did like a special pop-up solo show and that was really cool. Uh, so who else is playing? Jay Som is going to be next Saturday at the Fillmore. I don't think I'm going to that, but definitely check her out. Uh, she was in a band that we interviewed called Summer Beats. No, Summer Peaks, excuse me. <laughs> uh, and Crystal and I had the pleasure of meeting her uh, when she was in that group and they played at the chapel. So, you know, best of luck to her. And, um, I might be here next week. I haven't decided yet. We'll see what happens. And yeah, there's a bunch of other fun stuff happening in in September. Why don't I just let you know? Let's see. Elton John, uh, he's going to be playing, I think he's playing Friday too. Um, but I have Sunday on my calendar. Don't know why, because I don't have a few extra hundred dollars. I wish I did. Uh, he's playing at the Chase Center. It's the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour. Definitely drop some money to see that because Elton John is the shit. And let's see, Tuesday is The Selector. Uh, They're playing at the Mezzanine. I've seen them a few times. Uh, They're absolutely fantastic. Uh, Definitely. Where did I see them? I saw them. I saw them at the Not So Dead Festival two years ago in SoCal. And then I saw them. Did I see them at Mezzanine? No, I saw them at the Regency. That's where I saw them. That was a couple of years back. So, you know, they're kind of first wave, second wave ska um, era. And uh, I like that Pauline, she was in that famous, infamous, not so famous uh, photo shoot with Velvet Albertine, Debbie Harry, Chrissy Hine, Polystyrene. She was involved in that. So uh, from what Viv told me when I interviewed her a couple years ago, she was like, uh, we didn't know at the time, but the, uh, the actual, the real photographers were, I'm not sure if it was through Enemy, but whoever the photographers were, the full-time ones were on strike. So they had, uh, I guess you would call it scalp photographers or scab photographers, <laughs> but, um, it's, it was kind of an iconic, you know, blending of, you know, women at that time who were really influential. There were 
obviously some women missing from that group, but still you can Google, um, those pictures. Um, you know, you could just type in Pauline Black, Viv, Viv Albertine polystyrene, uh, very, you know, just kind of the setting the framework. Um, and they did it, you know, they did it back then. So I appreciate it. Uh, Pam's going to be playing, she's going to be doing some stand-up at an event called There Goes the Neighborhood at Cobb's Comedy Club, and there's some incentives for her, so if you love comedy, definitely go check that out on Friday, September 20th, and I, again, might be here on the 21st, Saturday, September 21st, interview with a band that was here back in August, Rit. Momney is from Salt Lake City, and Sophie Huber is the director of uh, Birth of the Cool, which you might have uh, heard an interview that I did with some of Miles Davis family members. Um, uh, oh shoot, that's not that's not right. It's actually the film on Blue Note Records. I'm sorry, I'm getting them mixed up. <laughs> both really great films. Uh, the film that I the both of the films that I saw were fantastic. So I'm getting them confused. So the SF Film Festival was Birth of the Cool, which was about Miles Davis. Sophie Huber um, is the director of this uh, upcoming film about Blue Note Records, Beyond the Notes. And the reason why I got confused is because Miles Davis is featured um, in the film to a certain extent. And uh, both really fantastic films. I think the Miles Davis one was obviously my favorite because I knew my dad is like he's like one of the you know greatest musicians of all time so of course I knew of him but then learning more in depth about him made me think oh I get why he liked him he was just he was kind of like the prince or the you know James Brown of jazz music like there's just nothing can touch it you know nothing can even scratch the surface there of of how talented he was so definitely watch both of those films birth of the cool and um the other film let me read it again because i forget from time to time blue note records beyond the notes and there's some really interesting uh it was a really interesting conversation she pretty much said that they had to get funding from you know the swedish government that the united states pretty much doesn't want us to know about some of our history here which is even the the owners of blue note records happened to be refugees from europe and back then like in the 40s and 50s even you know people who were quote-unquote american didn't really treat you know african americans like they were worth their time you know there was a lot of um, you know, there's racism now, but I think the racism back then was different. It was much more overt and in your face. It wasn't, um, it wasn't as, you know, acceptable. Like today there's, you know, certain things that we talk about that are acceptable and don't really, we just kind of see them as everyday racism, which still isn't okay. But back then it was like, people were risking their lives. Like Miles Davis and his wife were just like, you know, really cool about it like we know people don't understand us we know people hate us and people are just going to be talking shit about us behind our back but we do not give a fuck because we represent our people we represent our time and we're not going to let it get to us so I was like 
that is what I'm talking about. And that is what I want to see more of. And I am seeing some of it actually. I think there are people trying to do that. It's just a shame that we still have a president who doesn't really represent that. He has, we need we need people in power that represent us properly. Maybe people think, oh yeah, Donald Trump is representing a certain part of the country, but I don't know. I think he just represents himself, honestly. Party of one. Party of one. But anyways, uh, the rest of September, let's see what, uh, as I hiccup again. RuPaul! Always love RuPaul. Uh, they're going to have a live taping I'm guessing or it's a world tour it's called work the world work the world 2019 there's going to be some familiar people there so you definitely want to buy your tickets for that that's going to be at the war field and I would absolutely love to go to that um let's see if I get lucky enough uh, let's see, September 24th, uh, let's see, at the Carol Channing Theater, Margaret Atwood. You might know her as uh, the author of, uh, <laughs> you might have watched a TV show, I guess you could say, uh, but she wrote the books based, uh, she wrote the books that were then uh, turned into an infamous TV show called The Handmaid's Tale. So she's going to be doing a live appearance, which I think would be interesting because I really, really think the show is so important and so imperative for people to watch because I think it really touches on stuff that has actually happened. Maybe it hasn't happened in America. Maybe it has. Um, and also taking into consideration just some of the you know, things that we considered normal, social norms, uh, what women, what, uh, what expectations, you know, we have for women and what might happen if we don't take action on what we have control over now. So it's kind of, maybe when she wrote the, the book back in the eighties, maybe it was kind of foreseeing the future, kind of like Orwell did. So I don't know. I think it would be really interested to, to, I, I think it's interesting to get inside of their head and think, what was she thinking as a, I think she's Canadian. What was she thinking, you know, back in the eighties that made her think, wow, I need to tell this story, um, because, um, it's going to become more relevant throughout the years because of X, Y, and Z. I think that's really thought-provoking. But anyways, I'm such an intellectual, philosophical... Let's see. Uh, Incubus is going to be playing at the Masonic on September 24th. Would love to see them. Maybe I'll end up going to that, but it is a Tuesday night. I'm one of those people now. But we'll see what opportunities are around the corner. And Social D? Flogging Molly... Uh, I think Le Boucherettes are opening. This is all happening at the at the Greek Theater, by the way. And the Devil makes three, so you can you get a bill of four great bands, and that's all going to be happening on Thursday, September twenty sixth. I'm really considering going to that. I don't know about you guys, even though I've seen three out of the four groups, but I've never actually been to the Greek Theater. I've never. You know, I never got tickets for free. I never bought a ticket to go there, but maybe I will. I mean, I still have a few weeks to figure it out, right? Um, let's see. There's some other stuff going on. There's the Ohana Fest. is happening the last weekend in September. 
I don't know. I'm kind of annoyed with them, to be honest. I'm sure it's a great festival. The Strokes, Eddie Vedder and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I cannot make contact with anyone there. If you guys know anyone who's uh, the promoter, who's uh, you know working on Ohana Fest, please get in touch um, at DJ Aisha on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Sounds from the Street SF on Facebook. Um, I'm usually really good about finding a contact and getting like a straight answer from people, but for whatever reason, nobody's responding. But I get it's a really popular festival. The same thing happened with Pasadena Daydream really popular festival. However, I did get to go to Arroyo Seco weekend, which was also really popular. I think it sold out. I can't remember, but that was a real treat. And I went to that last year to celebrate my birthday and that was super fun. Um, I was kind of hoping they'd do it again this year, but whatevs. Let's see, September 27th, Night Sir Ebb is going to be performing. God, they haven't been here in a long time. That was one of the first interviews I did, I think. Uh, and we and Johnny, my friend Johnny, he's a illustrator slash artist slash teacher. He, um, he got to go back. That was the only time we got to go backstage at the mezzanine. That was pretty cool. Uh, but this time I believe they're playing at Slims and then they're playing at Great American. So that's pretty awesome. Definitely go check them out. And... Uh, I have another show coming up at the end of the month. Hopefully I stick to it. I apologize if I don't. Let's see. Shannon and the Clams. Uh, I've seen them every year. They've played at Burger Boogaloo. Not every year, but most years, like the most recent years. And Shannon was such a pleasure to interview. I talked to her a couple of weeks back. And they have some... (laughs) They kind of, they hit the jackpot. I mean, I'm not worried about them because they play a lot of local shows in the Bay Area, but they're going to be opening some super big ass fucking shows. They're going to be opening for the Black Keys who are playing in a couple weeks and they're going to be opening for Greta Van Fleet. So, and they have pretty big crowds. So I'm just, to me, it's like a success story, but I know they're just keeping it moving and super happy for them. Definitely buy a ticket if you haven't. Um, They've been around for years and just got to support your local Bay Area artists and other bands that you love that are coming through town. So do it, people. Do it. (laughs) No pressure. Uh, Nobody's Baby. I was trying to get them in here, still in the works, uh, on the 28th, so I might be here actually, and they're going to be playing up the street at Bender's, they're going to be playing with Disastroid and High Winds, again that's September 28th, and I haven't been to Bender's since I started working at Riverbed just like letting that sink in that was four years ago so that would be cool to just hit that place up you guys probably know already because I'm a health nut I just don't go to bars as much as I used to you know that's probably the biggest change for me I mean I still you know I relatively eat the same uh you know everything else is kind of the same but I just don't drink as much as I used to it's kind of how it goes and then hats off to the OCs they have a couple sold out shows at the chapel if you guys know anyone I really want to go to one of those shows um 
it's because I know I got to see them at Burger, but I, I don't think I was really like paying attention. Sounds so stupid. Um, cause I was hanging out with friends I hadn't seen in a while and that was at Burger. That was the first time I went to Burger 2014. And then I, my dad and I were, went to see them in 2017 when they played at Fono del Sol, but they invited everyone to come up to the stage with them. So we couldn't actually see them. We could hear them, but we couldn't actually see them. So this would be like, hopefully it would be different, but I don't know. Maybe they, they love to invite the crowd to party with them on stage, which is fine. They have complete control over what they want to do as artists. Um, but it would be cool to, you know, it'd be cool to actually see them. And you guys are going to freak the fuck out when I tell you what I'm doing on Thursday, October 3rd. I'm going to see Debbie Harry from Blondie with Chris Stein, who's also from Blondie and Rob Roth, who hats off to him, but I don't know who he is. Um, but she has a new book out called Face It, and I'm going to be getting a copy of it. And I, you know me, I'm just kind of a a nerd here. I'm going to be nerding out uh, for a couple hours. And I hope I get to meet her. And it's kind of a dream come true. I'm not going to... There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So you might want to keep tuning in. (laughs) That's a couple weeks from now. It's not till October, but damn, that's going to be... It's going to be fucking amazing. But, um, yeah, it just, it was nice going to a couple shows last weekend, but it's also nice to take a break. Cause sometimes if I go to shows back to back to back to back to back, I just get burned out. Um, it's not like the good old days, you know, just going days on end, days on end, the, the good old days with Crystal and I, but anyways, I'm going to be heading to El Rio shortly. So, uh, stay tuned for a couple more tracks and look forward to chatting with you guys again soon.
Barasidovic, Leanne Cowie. a great show <laughs> god i've been wanting to play those songs for a couple months <laughs> but anyways um you might have heard some of those about some of those artists because they played at burger boogaloo two months ago can't believe it's already been two months um but yeah rest in peace to steve bader's original lead singer of the dead boys um, they had a guest guitarist, uh, James Williamson from, uh, you might know him from the Stooges. He was at Burger and that was pretty cool. Cause I'd interviewed him years ago when I was, uh, you know, just getting into this mutiny radio business. So that was Sonic Reducer. And before that was, I always get Sonic Reducer, um, do you guys think the riff is similar to 
Where's Captain Kirk? I'm just saying. I don't know why I get those two songs mixed up. Uh, before that was The Scientists, who were also a burger. Uh, we Had Love is from the album Sedition. They were pretty good. Before that was a band I had never heard of prior to seeing them at Burger, and I quite like them, from Puerto Rico, Davila666. And the song is from the album, Huesos Viejos. And before that was Moon Duo, who I had the pleasure of seeing uh, about four and a half years ago here in San Francisco at Bottom of the Hill. And the song kind of reminds me of Suicide. Jukebox Babe. And I believe they're going to be here.